Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Just like with the public... Eddie Johnson intentionally lied to me several times, even when I challenged him about the narrative that he shared with me. He maintained that he was telling the truth. I now know definitively that he was not. Had I known these facts at the time, I would have relieved him of his duties as superintendent then and there. I certainly would not have participated in a celebratory press conference to announce his retirement. Mr. Johnson failed the hardworking members of the Chicago Police Department. He intentionally misled the people of Chicago and he intentionally misled me. That's Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot shortly after she fired retiring police superintendent Eddie Johnson for, she says, lying to her. None of that is acceptable. I've been advised by the inspector general that his investigation as to others remains ongoing. I will not comment today on specific details as they relate to Mr. Johnson. Well, at some point, the IG's report may become public and those details may be revealed. I don't feel like it is appropriate or fair to Mr. Johnson's wife or children to do so at this time. I hope we can all take care to treat them with dignity and respect. This moment needs to be a turning point for the Chicago Police Department, the way things are done in this city. This is WBBM's In-Depth, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. I'm Cisco Cotto. Thanks for joining us on this inaugural edition of WBBM's In-Depth. This week, the topic is policing in Chicago and what the future holds for the department now that outgoing Superintendent Eddie Johnson was immediately removed from his position. So reducing these shootings in the city that I love has been one of the greatest accomplishments of my career. And it's with that in mind that I want to announce my retirement today. It's time for someone else to pin these four stars to their shoulders. These stars can sometimes feel like carrying the weight of the world. Even when I challenged him about the narrative that he shared with me, he maintained that he was telling the truth. I now know definitively that he was not. Had I known these facts at the time, I would have relieved him of his duties as superintendent then and there. I certainly would not have participated in a celebratory press conference to announce his retirement. People out in the public have always said this, you know, that it was more to it than him just getting stopped. It don't take a lot to read between those lines if you got caught. Initially shocked but disappointed um, once I um, kind of heard that the uh, there's an IG report out there that kind of differs, differs from the story that he initially told the mayor and us. We require a leader whose actions reflect the virtues of integrity, honor, and legitimacy. The touchstones of what it takes to have the privilege of being a Chicago police officer. I am confident that the interim Superintendent Beck is such a leader and that both he and the eventual permanent superintendent will serve with honor. 
Those are the voices of former Superintendent Eddie Johnson, 37th Ward Alderman Emma Mitz, 36th Ward Alderman Gilbert Viegas, and Mayor Lightfoot. In a bit, we'll get some insights with former Police Superintendent Phil Klein. But first, let's briefly look back on Eddie Johnson's tenure as superintendent with WBBM's political editor, Craig Delamore. Uh, it's been three years, more than three years, about three and a half years since Johnson took over. Uh, and it's been a time of highs and lows. Uh, just give us your thoughts uh, and a little description of his tenure. Well, I think you have to first remember when uh, Eddie Johnson was taking over. It was a time when uh, public trust in the police department was probably as low as it had ever been uh, in the midst of that shooting and other shootings that happened either around the same time and, and basically the kind of atmosphere that was already here. So that's one thing. The other thing... 2016 was probably one of the deadliest years on Chicago's streets. Uh, now, Johnson's taking over in the middle of it, but he had been uh, a, uh, a deputy superintendent, too. Uh, 792 uh, murders were committed. That, that was where the homicide rate was. That was a 20-year high then. So he was taking over with the department in many ways at its low. There was also a Department of uh, Justice investigation uh, into police practices and policies here, and uh, basically a finding from the Justice Department that there was a basis of, uh, of, of racism, uh, of discrimination within the police department. So that's where he took over. The fact that he was uh, considered by many of the rank-and-file officers, a police officer's officer, um, that actually gave them some hope and that that they were their opinions were going to be counted but he was also someone who was dedicated to reform and that marked a lot of the uh, the contentiousness uh, that there was of his tenure talk about the reception of chicago's new interim police chief charlie beck well charlie beck uh, comes with the statement that he does not want the job full time he wants to do this as an interim um what Mayor uh, Lightfoot says is the reason for picking him is that basically Los Angeles, where he was police chief for years, uh, has gone through some of the same things as the city of Chicago, uh, a consent decree about police procedures and policies and the like. And he worked through those. He worked through um, improving the relations between the police department and the African-American community, for example. Uh, so in some ways, it's someone who can step in and know what he's getting into and deal with it. But I think it's also a matter of someone who may have an expertise at doing this, who might be able to talk to the officials here, the, uh, the police officials and the uh, city officials, about how to get through something like this. But uh, he, he comes in with a, a very good resume, but he's an outsider. And this has been a city where outsiders don't always do well in terms of heading the police department. Well, talk about that a little bit, because you're right. Chicago has had police superintendents who rose up through the ranks and police superintendents who were from out of town. Uh, and uh, it's been sort of a, a mixed bag in whichever way you choose. Uh, th this is true. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean you could you could spend all day talking about the uh, the the differences among Chicago police superintendents and and the times in which they served. But yes, uh, for example, Gary McCarthy, uh, who was the one who was let go, was an outsider. He was from New York. Uh, I think the police uh, rank and file took to him because he was 
a, a real street cop kind of person. Um, but uh, Jody Weiss was an FBI agent and an official, and he was less well-received. I would think, say that Jody Weiss, for example, was never completely accepted by the uh, the rank and file, by the police union. He was always an outsider. Gary McCarthy spent a lot of his time, I think, arm in arm with the uh, regular police. So going forward, Mayor Lightfoot has a choice to make. Does she choose an insider or an outsider? And apparently history, it doesn't really provide us with a clear way to move either way. Well, I think if she wants to uh, take a step that will be less controversial with the police department she would select from inside. But she obviously has other things to think about as well. Uh, And there are a number of names from inside the police department that she might consider. Uh, She, in fact, one of the people who's been suggested is Barbara West, who is in some ways the, uh, the operational uh, deputy superintendent right now. And she's been the one who deals mostly with personnel, with the hiring and the like. And, you know, she would be the first, um, she would be the first female superintendent. She would also be, she's an African-American woman, uh, so uh, there would also be uh, some history made there. So she can go a number of ways, but I think the betting at this point would be that she might try to find somebody from inside who could handle the pressures that they're going to have to handle. Mayor Lightfoot, uh, unlike previous mayors, has a little bit more experience that, that maybe is driving her as she makes this choice. I, I'm glad you bring that up. Absolutely. She was the head of the police board that Rahm Emanuel made the end run around when he decided to pick Eddie Johnson. So she is very respective of the police board's function and of its mission. And so I would be very surprised if she did anything other than pick her selection from among the people who are presented to her by that board. And, and she's pretty much said that that's what she's going to do. But that then goes to the board uh, on how far they search, how strongly they search, and whether they, the last time they, they uh, had a, an outsider or two in the mix as well. So we will have to see. Give us a sketch of some of the things that whoever is chosen for superintendent is going to have to deal with pretty much from day one. Really, it's the same things that Eddie Johnson was dealing with, which is you're you're working with a city where there's still a lack of trust within the uh, b- between the police department and the uh, African American and Latino communities, for example. Uh, you are dealing with though some of the 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 good things that uh, and we didn't really talk about that that Eddie Johnson did, for example, the technology that the police are using now is much better than what they were using when he started. Uh, for example, this high, the high-tech uh, shot spotter cameras that can detect when a shot is fired and immediately turn towards them and track whatever is going on there. Uh, those kinds of things, the way that they are using data to find uh, places where crimes could happen, you have to take over that kind of an operation plus deal with the old-school problems of manpower over over time that's too expensive and the summers here in chicago which have been 
really hard to deal with, although this summer was better than some previous summers. And, uh, you know, I don't think that people feel, oh, well, I'm 17% safer, but that's about the percentage of uh, the lowering of the shootings. That's WBBM's political editor, Craig Delamore. Interim Police Superintendent Charlie Beck met with reporters after Johnson was fired. Let's listen in. This is not at all how I envisioned the transition, but, and I think this is very important, it, it, this will not deter the transition. You know, uh, uh, Superintendent Johnson and I will still talk. You know, uh, we have talked. Uh, uh, you know, he has the best interests of this city and CPD at heart, uh, as do I, so, so we will make this work. I am still uh, the former superintendent's friend, but, you know, all of us uh, have to be accountable. And, and uh, I know that. He knows that. And now, if anybody in CPD thought that that wasn't true, they, they know it too. Now joining us to discuss the Chicago Police Department moving forward, former Chicago Police Superintendent Phil Klein. If someone comes from inside the department, there are different challenges and, and different benefits and the same probably for someone who comes from outside the department. Uh, j- just kind of talk about some of those. How do you feel about whether someone should come from inside or outside or, or what, what are the benefits and the challenges of either? Well, I believe, you know, we're a big enough department that we should have the talent within the department. And one of the dissentives of, of coming from outside the department is you don't know the city. Yet. They don't know the difference between Lakeview and Englewood and they don't know the command staff and uh, and being a big city. I mean, it's important that you have the right people in the right spots doing the right things. So uh, uh, for them not to know the command staff, not to know the city, I think is, 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 is really hurts them coming from the outside. Is it cynical to say someone from the outside maybe uh, could could fix any problems or challenges going on in the department better? You know, maybe they could see them a little more clearly, uh, or is that just not the case? I don't think that's the case. I mean, uh, um, all the superintendents uh, go to meetings quarterly, which is called the major city chiefs, and it's the 57 largest cities in, in the United States and Canada. And they have a what they call a roundtable. Everybody talks about what's going good for their department and what's what challenges face their department. So I mean, you pick up a lot of stuff there. You're you're you know struggling with something, and the guy across the table from you is talking about how he solved that problem two months earlier for him. So you sit down with him and bring your people to his city and take a look at what the best practices are there, and, and bring them back to Chicago. Is there something about being with the department a while and working your way up in in uh, then getting more respect from the other officers when you take over, when, when you begin taking charge? Well, I think it's important that they know that you sat in the beat car and you worked midnights and you did all the things that, that they're doing and uh, they appreciate that. Talk about the challenge. You've gone through this. Talk about the challenge of transition. Whether you're inside or outside doesn't matter. It's just different to be sitting in that top chair. Oh, sure. And I, I was very fortunate that Terry Hillard was in front of me, and uh, he had created great relationships with the neighborhoods, with the community, and uh, I was able to take advantage of that and really reduce crime. Uh, when I was selected superintendent by Mayor Daley, uh, we were the homicide capital of the country. Four years later, we were no longer at the top. New York and L.A. both had more murders than us, and uh, that was one of the things we strive to do. 
Is that on, on that on, on the subject of homicides? Is there a certain point where there's only so much that the department and the individual cops can do in a city this size when it comes to that sort of violent crime? Sure, I mean it, it's it's you've heard this from every superintendent. We can't arrest our way out of those problems. I mean, a lot of it has to do with education and uh, no fathers in the home and uh, and a lot of social problems that uh, uh, lead towards uh, violent crime and. Uh, the cops can only do so much. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot is uh, obviously the one in charge of this now, figuring out who's going to lead the department. Uh, how do you feel about her doing this, given her experience with the police board? She's at least approaching it as someone who knows a little something about law enforcement. Yeah, I mean, uh, the mayor uh, w- was part of the police board. She went through this process before, so she certainly knows it. And do you, uh, you mentioned this earlier, you believe that, that there's got to be someone inside the department who is positioned to be able to do this. Right. And and I think everybody always, when, when somebody from within the department gets it, they think, uh, wow, uh, I never thought of them. But you watch, they grow into the job, too. I mean, and plus they know the city, they know the department, they know the command staff. All that's a big benefit to coming from the inside. Does that help you with uh, with some of just the logistical stuff of running the department, or is a lot of that everyday, almost administrative stuff? Is that left to other people, and the superintendent is more big picture vision? How, how are we going to tackle crime? Yeah, I mean that's what uh, my thing was: reduce homicides. So that's what I devoted my time to, and uh, I think that uh, any superintendent coming in is is going to pick the two or three things that. Uh, he wants to have an effect on he or she, and uh, that's what you have to work with because you can't do everything. And is that maybe a problem if someone comes in and thinks, hey, I'm going to solve these 15 things? Because, as you're saying, it's just not going to be possible? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, too big picture. Uh, you have to uh, focus on what you think you can make a difference and what's the most important thing. What does the mayor want? What do the people of Chicago want? And those are the things you got to concentrate and get done. We had 700 less murders and 10,000 less shootings in our four years than the previous four years. So, I mean, we, we consider that a success, and I credit the men and women of the police department. They're the ones that did it. They're the ones that are out on the street doing it every day. Now, I know you still keep in touch, obviously, with a lot of people who are, are still on the street. Uh, what's a general sense that you get about the prospects of a new superintendent? Or is, is there an excitement, uh, any sort of optimism? Is there maybe a fear about who might be chosen and what the new priorities might be? What, what are you hearing? I think all of those things come into it. I mean, everybody is uh, uh, looking to see who the next person is going to be. Is it somebody that can lead this department uh, uh, to, to get back to where where it's been in the past? and uh, with the consent decree and a lot of other things, it, it's a lot. But the average cop is going to go out there and do his job, and you see it every day. You saw with one of our officers shot last week up on the north side, uh, you know, pulling into a scene for a bank robbery. Um, all those things, uh, the, the cop is, no matter what the, he thinks about it or she thinks about it, it's, it's going to not stop them from putting that star on their chest and that gun on their hip and going out there and being the police. That's former Chicago Police Superintendent Phil Klein. We'll be watching this closely in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks for joining us on this inaugural edition of WBBM In-Depth. We'll be back next week to discuss the legalization of recreational marijuana in Illinois. And we hope you'll subscribe to receive this free podcast every Wednesday. And of course, listen anytime for the latest stories that matter by listening to WBBM on the Radio.com app or on your radio.